and welcome back to By the Fire podcast, where I, Ken, your host, take you through mythical tales and creatures from across the Black Diaspora. So today, I am honoured to have Reni K. Amayo, the author of Daughters of Nuri, and her latest sequel, Descendants of the First, which is coming out October 5th. So I feel really excited that I was able to read the first book um, last year. It came out a couple of years ago, and to be able to read the second and actually speak to her has been really tremendous and I really hope you enjoyed this episode. We actually have a really long interview so I decided that instead of cutting out large chunks I would just split the episode into two so I'll release this one now and there'll be part two coming out later. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Right, welcome Renny to By the Fire podcast. I have you um, author of Daughters of Marie, as well as Descendants of the First, and I'm really glad to have you here with me today. And I'm really glad to be here. I'm very excited. Exactly. So I just have a few questions that, to ask, and I'm sure like whoever's listening will be excited to hear. So mm-hmm. as I mentioned, you released your book, Daughters of Marie, like last year? Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, <laughs> it feels like last year actually because 2020 was a blur. Um, but it was actually the end of 2019. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So it'll be two years on. Oh my god! Um, by the by, the end of this year. <laughs> yeah. And how was the reception of um releasing that and the fact that you've been able to release um a sequel which is coming out this yeah. year? Um, how has it been releasing that first book? it's it's funny because I feel like I've only just begun to appreciate um the response of Daughters of Henry I think the first time when I put it out um I was just like I don't know you know when you, I was just in the blur and I was it was almost like I couldn't really believe that the book was out yeah. um and people will come and they'll speak to me about it and like the impact it had on them and I was just like oh you guys are so like you're just lovely like it was yes. very much isolated uh conversation by con- conversation process um but then you know I think it was only recently where I took stock um of the fact that you know so many people like it the book resonated with so many different different people mm. um and just the discussions that they have on the book um are in li- like just in line with like what I thought it would be yeah. and just also actually just taking it to completely new perspectives so that's been really interesting to watch and and it's also kind of built up some level of anxiety I guess in terms mm. of the second book because now I'm just like oh expectations are high because people you know they love the first book and I I love the first book as well so of course what are people Mm. going to say about the second one you don't know yet but I'm sure I'm sure a great reception (laughs) yeah Yeah. to be fair I I think the one thing I can be absolutely comfortable with is that um I do love the second book yes um although I love the first book the first book you know was an amazing um thing to write um and I just enjoyed I I honestly I write because um almost as an alternative to reading yeah so the, the story like Daughters of Henry Descendants of the First they're all books that I just really wanted to read if that makes sense so I had to almost create them um so I you know obviously I just do love them um both but you know rereading so I had to reread Descendants of the First part of the whole proof concept um mm-hmm. to make sure we have all the many straggler uh, typos in the book before it <laughs> comes out yeah um, so I was rereading it. I was just like, oh, this is such, you know, I love this book. 
And I love um, how it's come together. Um, And for me, I do think it's one of the best things I've ever written. Um, Mm. So I think at that point, I can be very comfortable with the fact that, okay, I'm happy to to release it out into the world. And, and, you know, I'll see how everyone takes it. Um, But so I think that helps kind of ease the whole like like, "Ah." anxiety and stress. Yeah. I mean, that's really interesting. You saying how you got into like writing was essentially writing books that you wanted to read. Is that how you began even with Daughters of Anui um, and writing in general? Yeah, it is how it is definitely how I began with it. I mean, to be fair, like I said, I well, I haven't said, but like I've said many times before, um, just in general interviews, um, I started writing properly, I guess, when I was 14 years old. Mm. That's when I was just like, oh, I need to like write books. Um, and for me, it was always sort of like uh, a hobby, like a very personal yeah. thing. I never thought like I was going to publish a book like that. If, if those thoughts did come into my mind, it was very much like when I retire, maybe I'll just, you know, <laughs> yes. throw a couple of these books out into the world. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so then um, for me, writing was really, uh, it started off being like, you know, I was already obsessed with reading. Um, and, you know, I'd read a book and I'd be like, oh, I wish that the ending was different. Yeah. Or um, I had a book, like I had a book in mind that I just know, I had no idea um how to find it or or what type of book it was or let alone if it existed I just knew that I really wanted this book um and that's definitely how I started off with Daughters of Henry um I was at the time I was um doing a lot of research almost on uh black history yeah and what was really frustrating for me was that all the the history like all the the history was very much localized towards like um colonization and slavery Mm -hmm. and that period of time and um, for me, I was just like, there's no way that this is the totality of such a rich continent. You know, yes. obviously, like that is a huge um, factor um, and it plays a, a huge role into like the current situations today. But yeah. um, my point was like, there has to be it's not I don't think it's the the be all end all. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more I looked into it, the more I realized it's not even the most important factor there's so many like amazing contributions um to various things art science just like culture in general and culture yeah culture Mm. in general that stem from that the the continent the history is so rich um and even like the stuff that we we do today even out in the west yeah it comes it stems from you know what they were doing back then so I was just so I was very much like you know I was going through that rabbit hole of just you know African history and I was like I was like um and then the the questions that yearning for a story kind of like started to blossom in my mind where I was like I want to you know I almost want to experience this world through Mm -hmm. fantasy um and that's the book I wanted to read I wanted to read a book that was set in you know an ancient um African's um civilization uh, environment exactly yeah. exactly and just like what did and then add the drama add the mm. magic you know that's what I really wanted to do um and so yes it became so that's why I started writing um, Daughters of Henry in the first place um and um for for a long time it was literally just a personal project that yeah. I had no intention of um showing anyone like even my friends and family had no idea I'd written it until the end when yes. I was just like oh okay so it turns out I've written a book all this time <laughs> like this <laughs> I've been doing anyway. yeah. 
<laughs> exactly and that's that's how the process started but yeah it, it's re- it really was just my form of like additional reading mm-hmm. I mean how was your research process um because I gathered by your name you're Nigerian um yes. how was so my but how was the your process of researching um all these like, creatures because there are some that I'll be talking about that I recognized from what I've been doing mm-hmm. with my podcast yeah. so how did yeah. you get into contact with those yeah it's you know it's um it's when it comes to um African history which I'm sure you you'd understand as well it's it's very difficult Mm. because there's no it's not um I feel as though all the research is almost very sporadic so what I'll do is I'll find um essays on like a piece of you know, a society that I was interested in, mm-hmm. or um, I'd ask questions, like I'll be running through the, the script and I come across, um, you know, the, the issue of like clothing. And I was like, okay, what would they be wearing there? Mm. And I would, you know, I'd search those points. Like, okay, what were, how was, um, you know, African history, like um, um, ancient African, um, their approach towards fashion and everything. And that brought me down like a rabbit hole that we maybe um, sparked something else, you yeah. know, that, ended up getting fed back into the book um so for me it's like you know the um the academic essays um yes. that are specifically on African history was like a huge help for me um the problem is it's like there's just no I wish that there was like a book you know where it's just mm-hmm. like okay so I I read this um person or that person and then you know that's how I was able to build it up but in reality it was very much like um hundreds yes. <laughs> of people yeah, who kind of like I was able to get snatches yeah snatches of information from this one snatches from this yeah, one sometimes like, it's like one, one paragraph from like one essay has like yeah like you said about the clothing okay that's that okay I'll take that from that right. Exactly. And then another paragraph has a bit about, you know, like infrastructure. Okay, fine. Mm. I'll get that. That's how it was kind of built up. Um, and then um, it was just speaking to my parents. So my parents are, are Ibo, they're Delta Ibo. Mm. Um, and I think there is um, there is like a, a part of our history that is like passed down um, yes. from generation to generation. Um which is on one hand is it's very beautiful because you can go back to your parents and you speak to them about all these things mm. um but on the other hand I'm just like oh all that information could so easily be be lost because especially like right now when we talk about how we pass on information I feel mm. like it's different I feel like most people might not you know go to their parents and ask okay so like what was it like you know in the villages like hundreds of years ago do you have like what do you know what's the oldest thing that you remember exactly. um which did add more um almost like um incentive behind like I need to write this down I need to put it down somewhere like this way of life so that we we kind of have it preserved um somewhere out in the world um so yeah so that was also like a a huge help um in in building it up um and then the rest was just like filling it in with Mm. with my imagination um so that's that's where I kind of like I just end up going the filling in that rest um with just yeah my my wild wild yeah because I do have like um questions about certain things that I Mm. saw um featured in the books of example um the Abara Oath um yeah you know very much the idea of being sworn to another person um Mm. you you can't break that unless like you'll you'll perish yourself so was that something that that you conjured up yourself because that reminded me of something that I've seen but I wanted to ask you first of all what inspired that Abara Oath 
So I think it was, it wasn't, it was like something that I um, conjured up. Like it wasn't something that I read in a text, but saying that I'm, I'm, I'm reluctant to say I conjured it up by myself. Mm. Um, the reason why is because I think I'm touch. I'm, um, I think um, that idea was formed from, stuff that I've read yeah. before or like even just like you know like how people approach um like when um you know like in the Nollywood films <laughs> where they're talking about like you know the the witch magic like um, exactly juju and this stuff um or like you know all that all that you know that all that idea of like that that sacrifice yeah. element um I do think I was like pulling up from like okay this is kind of like you know like a, a dark side that people are scared about in the continent mm-hmm. you know that whole idea of like magic and all this stuff um so that was something I was just like yeah um and I think yeah so I think just like mixing all those like the previous um information that I've just been like soaking up yeah yeah I I think that's how the um, the idea of the oath kind of like came about where it's just like okay yes um you know tying yeah having something associated with that um, in the idea of like some you know blood magic and everything um yeah and I and I really like there's one of those things where I really liked how it went because um I do feel like a, a strong theme in the sense of the first is you know um blood um yes. both in terms of like familial blood like what makes you a family you know yes. um one of Nala's deeps um dilemmas in the book um you know the, the idea of like having you know a blood sister versus like someone that you've just kind of grown up with mm. thinking that they're sister or you know that idea um but then also blood in the sense of like you know your ancestors and you know the what gets passed on from yeah what ties you together with other people who are also descendants of the first yeah no exactly no yeah yeah, because even with the um obara oath like that reminded me of the obeya oath which is a similar concept Mm. where people were sworn to secrecy and that's from um the caribbean island so people kind of joke about a man now just the whole idea of oh amazing yes i was like oh okay is that what that is as well but yeah Yeah. that's really cool okay so moving on to the actual book descendants of the first (laughs) so i really enjoyed that book i think my favorite character was any um yeah i mean i wouldn't say too much yeah um, because people need to go out and buy it and read it but (laughs) just that there was a certain area towards the end where i just said Mm. oh wow but no yeah Yeah. i really i really enjoyed it no no. i love that okay good (laughs) so it made me go back to when i read um the first book and i said Mm. all that time Mm. wow so that was was like reveal to me Mm. Mm. but no i really enjoyed the story just the plot line and it was really great to read um certain creatures who i recognized so um Mm. ogun i think everyone knows who that is but you yeah. mentioned that the Biloka, so who was um, the little forest dwarf. So I have a quote which yeah. says, um, maybe as small as a child, but their years and wisdom is that of elders, which again, like, I've, I think I have an episode about it. You know, they are mm-hmm. people who um, eat women's limbs slowly. And that yeah. represents the whole idea of like, you know, just, just being aware of what's in the forest. Um, mm-hmm. Husbands being cautious of going to, uh, away too long because you're leaving wives on their own. So mm. see that I mean, and yeah. how you incorporated it into the book was really great as well. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I one of the 
I think one of my big missions, mm. um, especially like with this series, um, is to bring about like just some of the cultural, like the historical and cultural elements of um, African history that we just, I just feel like when no one is paying attention to, you know, I think it's it's interesting that we, we all kind of know um, you know, conceptually, you know, what dragons are or elves and mm-hmm. goblins and yeah. all this stuff, but we don't know like these mythical creatures mm-hmm. um, within Africa. And I think that yeah. that's something that I really hope that we kind of like shift um, away from where we don't lose out on, on some of that um, really interesting history. Like, like you said, like even the book, like that, they are a really fascinating you know like creatures mythical creatures yeah exactly creatures exactly that you can you can play around with so much in like the element of fantasy and in Mm -hmm. film and in stories and everything um and I feel like why aren't we doing that (laughs) you know so I just wanted to bring it like in the same way like in the same way like you know when I've read books about you know you know as I said like in setting you know uh, medieval European world and you sort of like see that infusion of like the those um mythical creatures Mm. I really wanted to bring that out um for yeah for that um for the African continent you know really bring out some of like the elements across the different kingdoms um and 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 yeah like add another (laughs) add another element Element to to it yeah and you did it so well again like how you said about being able to sort of play around with what's already present in the history and the culture. So even mm. um, Amadioha, who um, who I know is to be like a thunder god um, mm. in Nigeria, but then the way you wrote about him was sort of like an human, an evil human using the thunder god's power for like an evil cause. So I would, yeah. from my point of view, I already knew him as someone who was just merciful because, you know, yeah. striking down people who are dishonest you know, yeah. people always use that term, may God strike me down if I like. Yeah. That's how I knew him. So then when you had your interpretation as him sort of having bad um, ambitions, malicious ambitions, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I've never seen it from this point of view. But it still works yeah. because at the end of the day, yeah. it was the human interaction with him that caused him to be bad. So I thought, okay, yeah. that's really cool to read. I love, I love that you picked up on that because yeah. it's one of... I remember it was one it was something that I, I did very deliberately and to be fair at parts I was just like oh should I do that like should I kind of like almost like tarnish this person like this that um deity yeah. um but then I was just like hmm no <laughs> and the reason why is because of this because of what he's the god of yeah um is the justice element you know and I think especially at the time and it's not and it hasn't really changed for me um but I have it's one of like my huge criticisms um, about our society in general mm. and how we approach this concept of justice. Mm. Um, I feel as though, you know, we are kind of like fed, um, especially like, you know, when we're young and growing up, I think we're fed this story that um, the world um, is almost just, you know, like that we operate in a system where, okay, if you do something bad, then you'll go to jail. And like, Mm -hmm. oh, if you, you know, we operate that there's like almost like fairness and justice and all this stuff. Like the other side, Um, like meritocracy, which is like, you know, 
you get things yeah. based on how well you do if you're how a good you, person exactly 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 mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of like what we grow up um believing and I think the more that we kind of grow up and just see um these institutions that have like been um upheld as like oh yeah this is the justice like this is how this is like these pure systems like things mm-hmm. like government like law all these things um and then when you see how it um treats certain amounts of like certain people and you mm-hmm. see who it benefits yes. and I'm just like this is not a just system at all. Like this is literally just, this is, hu- this is very human. It's like a human hierarchy, hierarchy where select people kind of like choose, like there are no, there are no rules. You know, it is a sense that, you know, that's how you get um, situations like these horrible situations where, you know, members of like um, the, the black community are served a heavy hand mm-hmm. to the point where, yeah this our current quote unquote justice system claims their lives on the back yeah. of absolutely nothing mm. um and that is something I'm I was I'm quite, like it's one of like the hot emotions for me like I'm hot topics for me where I'm just like how can we still like I feel like honestly I feel like as a as a human society we should almost feel like we should be ashamed with what is currently allowed you know in in how we operate mm-hmm. and I feel like we don't have any shame because we're masquerading under this concept that oh yeah no we live in like a just world yeah. like we, democracy we diplomacy. Yes. exactly we have yes. all these stuff we have yeah. all these things so I'm just like mm, there's evidence that we don't yeah. um so so for me that that kind of like definitely led me to think yeah I want to play around with this idea of justice you mm-hmm. know um and how humans interact with it um and then when I was um reading up more on um, Amadou and um you know what his his powers were and you know what his um cons like how the the um ancient society kind of like viewed him as a con- concept yeah. um and one of the things that stuck stuck on to them um, to me was like they described justice as the will of the people um okay. and yeah. that's that was the thing um that was just like Yes, I was like, this is perfect because yes, it is the will of the people, but the will that the collective will of the people has has like a um, huge potential for corruption, which means that this deity has a huge um, you know potential for corruption. Exactly. And then I really wanted to play around with you know what that could be like um, in in a in a physical form. Exactly. Now I was um, reading it and I was just said. Like, this isn't what he should be doing. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, no, you, you did that really well. So this was just the first half of our interview and I'm really excited to release the second half at a later date. We had so much to talk about comparing this book to the last one, comparing her mindset when she was writing this book and there is so much more mythology that we discussed in the later episode so make sure you stay tuned for that if you enjoyed this episode be sure to rate and comment on apple podcast and follow on spotify and you can also listen on soundcloud use the hashtag btfpod so we can continue the conversation online and i look forward to you joining me for the second half of this episode also follow by the fire underscore pod on instagram twitter and tiktok and i'm also on facebook if you'd like to take an extra supporting step further, you can support me on my Kofi KO-FI where I post exclusive content um for my exclusive members. If you have a creature or folklore you'd like to hear or would like to be a guest on the show, 
feel free to email bythefire at bythefire.mail at gmail.com. So excited again to have Rennie on the show and I really hope you enjoyed listening to her also. Bye!